Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with someone calling us from Delaware. She's a local bud tender as well as a cannabis patient. We are so excited to hear her story, especially because we know nothing about Delaware, the cannabis there, or the rules. We can't wait to pick her brain. So guys, please welcome Mercedes to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Mercedes. Hey. <laughs> hey, ladies. Thank you for joining us today and being here and just taking time out of your day to call us from Delaware. We really appreciate that. Um, let's just go ahead and dive on in, Mercedes, and tell us where your cannabis journey first began. Okay, so my cannabis journey first began back in 2016. I was just starting off in college. I was very nervous for midterms and could not focus enough to study. Um, at the time, I was getting migraines too, but I kind of pushed them aside because I figured I was stressed. Um, so my friends were like, hey, why don't you try this? And I'm like, mm, I'm not I'm not a fan. I mean, it's not forbidden in my household or anything, but mm -hmm. I'm just not a fan. Right. And they were like, no, just try it. And so I took a little hit of their dugout and I was like, oh, I can actually focus. And so I was able to focus and pass my midterms. And then I wanted to know what else could it help me with? Could it help me with those migraines that I was having? And so that's when I started using it for that as well. I wish I would have maybe used cannabis in college whenever I was trying I to study. Like I hated school and it came like hard and test taking. I was always anxious. I would always freeze up and like now hearing we've like heard a lot of people be like in, in college I used to I started smoking and it helped me get through school and I'm like I I went it wasn't my timing mm -hmm. yet no. but I feel like it would have benefited me so much if yeah. I would have if it would have been my timing. yeah I feel like it would have been easier to focus just because you can like yeah. I like to smoke and just kind of zen out and relax yeah the anxieties like before of a test, a test like to yeah. smoke before a test and not have that like shaking feeling of like your whole body's tensing up to make mm -hmm. sure you don't mess up an answer mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i'm sure that was yeah i didn't take it before the test but i definitely took it before i studied for the test yeah i was like nervous to be like okay i'm gonna take way too long on this exam that's yeah. true that's yeah. true you gotta be mindful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your go-to way to consume cannabis so i like flour and i really enjoy uh, a vaporizer as well Hey, you're the second person today that said vaporizer. Like an herb vaporizer. Like dry herb? No, like concentrated. Oh, like okay, oil. okay, okay. So do you like yeah. dabs or do you like like just like vape cartridges? So I like cartridges. I love dabs as well. However, cartridges are so much easier in my life. Yeah. Um, considering I'm always on the go. <laughs> so um, they're just a lot more easier. Yeah. But I do love to have. Uh, shatter with me at all times. So you know what's crazy? It's hard to find shatter in Oklahoma. You don't really find much of it. I can't tell you the last time I saw shatter in a dispensary. But like when I go to Colorado, when I was in California, like you see it more in different states. But like Oklahoma, there was a huge wave at first, and then it just fizzled out. I don't know why. So, so for us, like it's really hard to find crumble and batter. Oh, see, that's like Super batter. Yeah, find. batter and like hash rosin is like big here okay yeah yeah so like yeah so live, live rosin is just becoming like a thing big uh, yeah a thing over here like delaware is so small yeah and we really don't have that many because it's only um medically legal mm -hmm. we don't have that many dispensaries we only have about four 
in the wow. state? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That puts and, a lot into perspective then. Yeah. So we have multiple. So like each company, well, not each company, but the dispensary that I work for and another dispensary, they have about three locations. We have two. Um, and then another dispensary is just kind of local up here in the Newcastle County area. Mm-hmm. And then uh, those other two locations, they are down towards the Sussex, so lower Delaware. So there's about three or four down there. Oh. And one just recently opened up. Like, we try to say they get things from each other. Okay. So, interesting. Yeah. That is that very is- interesting. It's always cool to hear how different... Yeah, it's wild, though, because of Delaware has been legal Mm -hmm. for several years now. It's just crazy that, I mean, I guess that you said that's because it's small. There's only a few. I just can't. I feel like Oklahoma is small, too. And they didn't. So, like, to kind of put it in perspective for you, Oklahoma is pretty free. And so, like, we have, I think, over seven to eight thousand growers and like over two thousand dispensaries and probably over three or four thousand processors. Okay. Yeah, like literally you drive a mile and like every half mile, quarter mile, you see a dispensary on the corner. So that's kind of like how Washington, D.C. is. Yeah. And that's not that far from Delaware. That's about a two hour drive. Okay. So I go there a lot. Um, However, it's just not, you know, what you get over at Cali neither. Yeah. It's definitely very different. Yes. Yeah. different regions for sure so what would you say like your favorite thing to do is after you smoke I always like to know everyone's answer I like to read or watch like mysterious videos or just like something like history wise oh I don't know I like to really focus and engage on that so before I worked in the cannabis industry I was a elementary school teacher okay and so that never (laughs) the urge to learn has never left me that's that's um, a great thing. Yes. Stay curious. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what made you want to transition from being a teacher to get into cannabis, if you don't mind me asking? It's really not too much. It's not too different. But cannabis started working for me for my migraines. Um, I'm also a very tiny person. <laughs> um, I am four foot ten. Wow. So I have a lot of muscular pains. Okay. And I realized that it helps with that as well because of you know inflammation and I was like hmm I feel like I could do anything yeah <laughs> um yeah and I was like so I like I said it really wasn't shamed on in my house um and that's because my father has always been a cannabis user okay that's and awesome. um so he kind of like knew when I was started smoking even though I hid it from him or I thought I did <laughs> mm-hmm. um he was like, no, how long have you been smoking? And I was like, oh, couple months. He was like, oh, okay. So maybe about two years go by and we started smoking together. That's awesome. And I bet that's such a cool bond to have with really your dad. Is. I feel like it just taps into like a different level of connection. It does. It definitely does. That's special. You're able to just really communicate, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. That's cool. Not everyone has that at all. No. Like, yeah. I would kill to... Smoke a joint with my dad. I know. <laughs> but that's really cool. Yeah. Now my mom on the other hand, she will not touch it. But <laughs> that's okay. There's always there's sometimes yes. there's always one parent. And yes. Yes. It's okay. It's called balance. Yeah. <laughs> so Mercedes, yes. tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. 
Okay, so I like to say that I am an educator first and foremost, and I am a big sister and a cannabis advocate. And I say a big sister because I feel like that tells a lot about somebody's personality. Yeah, and they're like the older or young, younger sibling, you know. For yes. sure. I'm the baby um, sibling, so what does that tell you about me? <laughs> <laughs> your your older ones took care of you. Yeah, they sure did. Let me tell you what. <laughs> um, which is a good thing. Yes. Uh, so, and I think that's that's kind of why I wanted to become a teacher in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I started teaching, and then the uh, the laws for education, I just was not a fan, and then actually being in it and having my own classroom and children to deal with and those laws to also deal with I said this is not going to work with the type of person that I am um I'm too much of a open-minded person I would love to try new things with my students and it's very traditional here um so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna leave so I served and I was like if I could ever get into the cannabis industry that would be a dream just because I felt saw how well it worked for me yes and so I had caught up with sensory and I'm like hey are you guys hiring and they're like you have to send in a resume to this email so I do and I'm like okay I wait didn't think I was going to hear back three months go by and they called me back and ever since then I've just been trying to learn as much as I can because there's so much to learn Right, right. Yeah. you never stop learning. I feel like there's always something new. There's so much science and chemistry behind it and history, you know, and like yeah. ancient history. So there's much. so much. Yeah. So how has the industry there like evolved from when it first became legal or even just from when like you first entered the industry? Do you feel like Delaware is pretty like evolving pretty fast or are you guys pretty slow? Um. Yes and no. So um, I say no because we've been medically legalized since 2011. Yeah. So, um, you know, we obviously would want the recreational to come with that. Um, So that's just, I feel like, will be a long fight. But in general, I feel like since 2011, we've been moving at a pretty steady pace with getting different things introduced. Um, Since I've just since I started, um, the dispensary that I worked at has maybe gotten 20 plus different kinds of products. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of started off with just like flour and then we did like different sizes of flour because that wasn't common, uh, neither for a long time. Interesting. Um, it's like cool getting grams yeah. or eighths or quarters or half or ounces. That was not a, a common thing. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just like an ounce or like a half, like kind of on the larger scale. Oh, so they wouldn't even let you buy in small scale. Yes and no. It's just like really slim picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It just depends on yeah, the strain. And yeah. And at the okay. time, there was only, um, I believe, two dispensaries. Wow. So, so and yeah. so, okay, with that being said, does are they pretty like spread apart? Like, are they easily accessible for people? Um, the ones in Newcastle County are yeah accessible for people, and the ones that are in Sussex County are accessible for those people that live. So 
it's such a different dynamic. So Upper yeah. Delaware and Newcastle County is more of a city type of vibe. Okay. Compared to Lower uh, Delaware. Okay. Lower Delaware sense. is where our beaches are and things. So, you know, things are kind of chill down there yeah. during this time of year, especially. Um, well, now they're starting to pick up because of the summer, but mm. previously, you know? Yeah. So they don't have as many dispensaries there close together because there are things that are so far apart there. Like yeah. A, a grocery store could be 20 minutes, uh, uh, not 20 minutes, could be 30 minutes from you, like the closest one. Wow. Okay. Down there. Yeah. yeah. Whereas up yeah. in like the Newcastle, there's a grocery store at like every corner. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Definitely different vibes. So on where you work, Mercedes, what's something that you take pride on yourself where you work? Like what kind of experience do you give the patients whenever they walk in? Okay. So our title at my job is a patient advisor. And I, I like that. Like, I like that title. I like that it's different than like a bud tender, you know, cause I feel like we, are really there to educate our patients and advise and guide them on, uh, you know, what we believe the right product will be for them. So I really enjoy when I have those connections with a patient, when the patient trusts me enough to be like, hey, Mercedes, I have this business going on. Can you find me a strand? Or, hey, it's your pick. Or, because that just, it tells me that they're like, yeah you got me. I know that you got me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That the way that you can connect like that too. Yeah. And like, Sob, you have experience with that, like working in a dispensary mm -hmm. and like people coming in and being like, it's not, it's not up to you today. Like yeah. what, like, yeah, what, I mean, like, they really, you really me? build that bond and trust with them. Like you're an essential part of their journey and of life really, because cannabis, I mean, it seeps into so much. It seeps into depression, grief, pain, um, I mean, you name it, disease, you know, and so, so you're different people. You're an integral in. part of their journey, and it's it's it fills your cup when people acknowledge it, and it also helps you realize that you were exactly where you're supposed to be in the career that you chose was for a reason. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's also very awesome to hear that when the patients come in, a majority of them say that they love coming to our dispensary, even though it may be out of their way, just because of the attitude and the yeah. atmosphere that we bring. Mm -hmm. um, so I can say that it's just a very nice work environment. We all get along yeah. with each other. And I think that that very, that plays a, a, a big role. Oh, a hundred percent. Cause your patients yeah, feed off and that how energy. We're able to, yeah. Yep. We're able to just work well with each other and, um, learn from each other as well. That's special though, because you can't find that no. everywhere you go. So yeah. to have like a tight knit group of people like that. Yes, I definitely I agree. So <laughs> speaking mm -hmm. of experiences, what is what stuff like flower dabs like edibles experiences like there? Like, do you guys cap it on um, for edibles? Do you guys like cap it at a hundred, and then for flower like? Do you guys do testing? Is there percentages? Like, how, is, how does all that work? You would... <laughs> okay, I can't wait to tell you what the cap is for edibles. It is 50 milligrams. What? Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, wow. 
So each edible that we have, you get about five in a packet. Mm -hmm. And that would mean that each of them are 10 milligrams a piece. Wow. Yeah. They they won't go higher than that. Wow. Yeah. So do you eat much edibles then? Do I eat edibles? Yeah. Yes, but I like making my own. Oh, nice. Out of girl. Yeah. We have something called cooking hash. Yeah. And I just mix that up with my butter. There you go. And have it like that or put it in some tea or just however I would like to consume it. Yeah, which is nice because then you can create your own dosing and you don't have to worry about that aspect. What about like um, flour? What's the flour like there? Like do you guys have testing labs that you have to get tests from? Like how does all that work in regards to being like a patient and walking in and wanting to buy flour? Okay, so we do have flour and testing it gets done. So from a uh, they the flour gets sent off to get tested and then it comes back. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not like a testing lab like right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure if that's yeah. like how it is in there, but um, if you wanted to come in and get flour, you would have to be a medical patient through the state of Delaware or a medical caregiver. Okay. And so, like, you would have your card, you would have to bring that, and your ID, and then we would ask that you would do an orientation with us, just so that way you can really get to know the products that we have. Um, And that is done by the uh, patient educators, so that's not done by us. We actually just get to interact one-on-one more and figure out what they need. Um, Once they're done with the orientation, then they'll come to us, and we'll bring them out with their order, and see if we can get them to try anything else or if they need to try anything else or maybe they have questions about how to use a pipe or how to use a rig or um what what is rosin the things uh, things like that yeah yeah you so as for like the flower testing we have our terpene uh levels on there um the tac thc tc THCA and CBD. Wow. Very cool. I always like to hear how other states do it because right. we just don't know. And I don't know when I'll be up in Delaware, but if I do, I'll come find you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And hopefully by then, then anybody can come. Yes. Unfortunately, we're not one of those, like, you have to have just a Delaware medical card. Right. Yeah. Like, people from PA couldn't come over, mm-hmm. which is super close, or Maryland, which is also super close. Mm-hmm. So what has been something that's been eye-opening working in the cannabis industry that you didn't expect? Um, I would say the care of the plant. Um, so our facility, we have, I, I want to say 16, between 14 and 16 grow rooms. And just the fact that they're able to thoroughly care for these plants and the quality shows, um, I think that that was like the most eye-opening thing because I I don't I don't grow, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I don't know whole, what it took, and so thing. yeah, it was like very restri- like restricted. Like if you work in one area, you work in that area. Mm-hmm. Kind of can't access other areas. That's also another thing I love hearing that you guys could go into different grow rooms and stuff. 
Unfortunately, yeah. that's not how it is here um, at our dispensary. They have to gear up and stuff before they go into mm-hmm. the grow room. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really make sure to keep like no contamination. Yeah. There's, there's several dispensaries yeah. that do that, that they do want you to mm-hmm. put that white suit on, not mm-hmm. like dispensary, but like grows that yeah. weed too. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I hear that stuff like that, just because they do take pride in those plants and they don't want yeah. any side of like outside contamination mm-hmm. coming in. Like right now we've had some growers tell us that they want us to wait until the fall winter to come because there's a lot of, conti- there's, obviously like pollen and like dust and a lot of stuff that's on your clothes. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize that so a walk in those grow rooms. That's yeah. not with the people that's normally in there. They're like, we can't honestly, yeah. we can't jeopardize them. We're like, Oh, I like that. totally. We, but it's things that as a patient, as a consumer, when you're just consuming it, you don't think about things like that until you right. like actually are interacting with the plant on like the industry side. I feel like. Yeah, so then being able to, I've had the pleasure of um, trimming uh, some of the plants. Nice. And I don't know, just, oh, wow, I think I get to yeah, really trim it, sure touch it. Yeah. good before yeah. it goes out. Like, yeah. You, know? yeah, you mm-hmm. get to be a part of that special process. Yeah, and it really truly does feel like a special process. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay. Yeah, it's very wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I was thankful that I was able to do that. I was, oh, it, it, it allowed a different view for me. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's good. It's healthy. It. Yeah. So how do you guys go through the process of selecting products you want to carry in your dispensaries? So I'm honestly not too sure about how they go about picking okay. products. That's fair. So our dispensary, um, I know that we have uh, partnered up business-wise with a company called Merrimed and they're a big corporation along the east coast in fact they're uh, known out of Massachusetts Mm -hmm. and we've actually had some people come in and like oh I'm so glad you carry Betty Betty's I've been looking for these ever since I left and I I haven't been able to find them so like that's good to hear that you know we carry Uh products that people have been looking for that they couldn't find since moving yeah um so I think since we had partnered up with them, they were able to, you know, bring a lot more uh, edible wise. Yes, 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 yeah. Because I'm sure they have, if they're expanded in other states, I'm sure they have a pretty wide reach in regards to product. Yeah. So they have like Buddy's Bakes and Buddy's Eddie's, which are like a taffy. And then Buddy's Bakes are like brownies or chocolate chip bites or snickerdoodle bites. And although they are low milligrams, I will say I love taking a few before I would go in because uh, I still teach. Um, mm-hmm. I teach theater on the side. And so before I had to go teach, I was like, okay, I got two hours. Let me take these. Let me get ready ready to yeah. have some patience with these children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it helps. Yeah, uh, it does. Okay. That's really cool. So flipping the scripts a little bit to a patient's perspective, Mercedes, what's your patient journey personally been like since you got your medical card? Awesome. Ever since I've been able to experience this different products and not just flower, because unfortunately, um, on the, like on, on the street recreational wise, if you don't have your card, you're really only getting flower. Um, uh, I don't trust getting carts from it. I don't trust getting carts from the black market. Never have. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't. So, <laughs> right. So I never did. Um, yeah. So I've been able to, you know, try cartridges, try wax. Um, That's cool to be able to explore. Pictures. Yeah. And stabs. And I was like, oh, you know, a little skeptical at first on stabs and topicals. Right. And then when I started using it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And the fact Sometimes that. I... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sometimes I don't even have to smoke. I could just use that depending on what was bothering me at the time. It's nice to be able to have like a variety mm-hmm. and like to be able to have the privilege of having a med card and going yeah. into a dispensary that provides the cannabis and you can actually purchase it and like in multiple explore. forms. Like yeah. you can literally bathe yourself in cannabis and probably not get high or if you want to get high and then help other areas of your body, there's just so much opportunity. Yes, for, for sure. Yeah. I, I was, I love that we were able to read our terpene levels as well. Yes. Because after I started, you know, learning what worked for me, I wanted to know why. Right. Um, and so finding out that it's because of these terpenes and I'm like, oh, well, mm. so what does this one do? What yeah. Do you have do? a favorite terpene with that being said? Yes, I do. So I really enjoy Mercy. Okay. And uh, Carolophiline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's a good I, pain one. Yeah, I love those two separately. And then I would say together, like when they're two dominant terpenes, I really love pyamine and myrcene together. Okay. I love that you know your terpenes. Yeah. I always love when people talk terpenes just to see what other people like. And not a lot of people like know their terpenes yeah, in depth. So I always admire people when they have taken the time to educate themselves. Yes. Uh, well, we give actually, we give a packet to our patients. Oh, wow. During our orientation. Oh, that's cool. The, terpene you know yeah so it's kind of like on them to take a look yeah at it gives them ownership of their own journey because you're giving them the tools to succeed so it's up to them as to if they want to do that or not right and so it's awesome to hear those who come in that have done that so they'll come in and they'll be like hey i really need something what's your highest mercy level right now what flower do you have in that and i think that that's it's great. I'm like, okay, yeah. great. Now I can work with you. And it makes your job so much easier because you're not like, oh, what do we feel? Like, you know, just have to go through the whole motion of asking all the questions, which isn't a bad thing. Sometimes right. you have to ask the questions, but, you know, it just helps when they know what they're looking for. So what was yeah. the process like for you as a patient and finding things you liked versus you didn't like? Because I know for people who are listening that might not be into cannabis or curious about cannabis or just getting into cannabis, the it is a little bit of an investment up front just to find things that you like and don't like, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be if you do the research. So like, what was that process like in you finding the brands and the strains and the, you know, everything, the consistencies of dabs that you like, what was that journey like? So it, you have to be open-minded. I feel like you have to be willing to try those new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just know that, everything is not going to work for you. Yeah. Everything does not work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that somebody consumes like smoking a joint may not work for somebody else mm-hmm. and they might have to consume a, you know, a tincture or edibles because they can't smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, 
I really wanted to understand, especially because I am a patient advisor, understand how each of these products affect me personally. So when I got a migraine, I would smoke such and such strain and see how that works. If I had a headache, maybe I would take a tincture instead. So on those days that I would take a tincture, I would not smoke because I wanted to know how that would affect me. Yeah, just kind of trial and um, error within your own body. Yep, of different products. I just right. kind of was like, okay, I'm going to try this product, then I'm going to try this product. I had about two to three in rotation at a time mm-hmm. of different products to try. Um, you know, I didn't want to kind of overwhelm myself because it can be super overwhelming, especially because there's so many products. Right. Yeah. Do you... um. Like on the grower and processor side, do you have any knowledge on like the laws in regards to like, is there a cap on how many people are allowed to grow or process in Delaware? So no medical patient can grow. Okay. Okay. Not even like little small plants at home. Yeah. No, can't do that. Okay. Pretty strict. Yeah. I wish. (laughs) <laughs> wow yeah uh, it's very loose yeah with what yeah. they've given us grateful yes so we're not we're not allowed to grow our own um however we have had like you know meet the cultivator so patients could ask um our head cultivator questions that they may have had unfortunately we weren't able to be like yeah you should grow this way or you should grow that way um just because so are there only like a handful of growers in the state of delaware like if you only have four dispensaries there like do you only have a few growers a lot of dispensaries grow their own so one dispensary is called columbia care they are very well known across the east coast Mm -hmm. and they kind of get theirs within each other and then they get theirs also from a dispensary um in newark delaware called fresh mm-hmm. and fresh grows their own uh, pro- uh flower okay as well as my dispensary we grow our own flower so pretty we much have, if you um, have a dispensary you're pot committed to also being a grower yeah for that dispensary okay pretty yeah. much yeah. Makes i'm not a personal grower yeah yeah but like for that dispensary essentially if you start a dispensary you also have a grow attached to it so it's all vertically integrated yeah yep there's not just separate, you know, Got it. growers. Okay. Interesting. It's so interesting to hear how it different is. states do it. So what's been the most difficult part as a patient of nailing down your medicine and your routine? And to follow that, what is a piece of advice you'd like to pass along for someone listening that may help their journey? I think one of the most difficult things is um, consistency. Um, and I had to understand, I really had to understand that every plant is going to be different because it's not the same plant growing twice. And sometimes it really affected me great. And then other times, like I had one strand called sure pressure. I was using it so much for my migraines and then suddenly it gave me very bad paranoia. And I was like, Oh, I never want that strand again. And so like, I was super scared to use it again. However, I had to learn my terpenes and realize, oh, it gave me paranoia because it had high levels of limonene that mm, time. Yep. And I knew to stay away from that. So really paying attention to 
those terpenes. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's anything that you learn, I feel like that should be the one thing that you do learn because I can help you find those strands that aren't going to upset you or make you feel antsy or give you a bit of anxiety. Yeah, that's great. That You really nailed it there. Terpene knowledge is very important. And we always talk about in order to dial in your experience, you have to know your terpenes. And that's how you get the like the full, the, the full on effect. Effect. Yeah, that you want. Yes. Yep. That that's how that's how you'll gain your confidence too. I feel like in it as well, because then you're you won't feel so overwhelmed when you go into a dispensary. Like going into DC, since they're recreational, they have so many different strands, and compared to us, and I was, you know, I, even though I was in the industry, I was still, I was like, whoa, this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> too much and but then I was like okay I know what works for me so I asked the guys hey what do you have with high levels of mercy and that's not going to make me sleepy like you know yeah and he helped guide me with a sativa that would help and then he helped find me an indica that would help and I was like okay this is such a better experience I was able yeah. to yeah just, just tailored with it yeah tailored mm-hmm. to you and what works best for you personally yep yeah, that's awesome. So we like to ask everyone this question, Mercedes, but what is a stigma you would like to see changed revolving cannabis? Ah, that it's a drug. I know federally it is a drug. However, it is a medication. It comes from this beautiful earth. Um, it, you don't have to smoke it if that's because that's why I feel like how people classify it as a drug is because oh, it's going to do damage to my lungs you know like if you're mm-hmm. worried about it there's just so much more I just feel like people need to educate themselves a little bit more which is hard to break that uh, stigma of dare because that program came out when I was growing up right, and that's yeah. why I was so like no mm-hmm. I don't want that get that away from me yeah, yeah that's um, what they do yeah, and, and it wasn't until I educated myself and was like, oh, this is not that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it all comes down to educating yourself, I feel like, on mm-hmm. anything. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you want yeah. if you want to write or run with something or yeah. and have for, that power. And for mothers, too. Like, I'm not, I'm not a mom myself. However, I know that if my mother did not um, consume in small portions when she was pregnant with me I was not going to be able to get the nutrients that I needed wow that's thank you for saying that I feel like that's a whole different perspective from a kid being older realizing that you know because obviously there's a lot of misconceptions around smoking cannabis and pregnancies and obviously there's balance to everything and the consumption also matters but like you turned out great and, and just, you're healthy and, and you know like yeah and I didn't have to spend time in a NICU like that I, yeah, I think yeah. it was like less than like I'm pretty sure it was like four days and I was very small I weighed four pounds seven ounces when I came out so I can't imagine if my mother did not consume yeah, yeah. um and what that would so, look like that's so crazy interesting yeah perspective yeah, yeah. interesting perspective yeah, that's good. Um, well, thank you for sharing with us today, Mercedes. I think this wraps up our episode for today. 
Excellent. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, we're so glad that you reached out to us and got to connect and that we got to chat with you and learn about you. So thank you for being here today. If we ever come to Delaware, Mercedes, we're coming to find you. I'm saying it again, just <laughs> so you don't forget. Yes. Coming to find you, ladies. Please, yes. please do. We would love that. Um, yes, well, I might have to plan my next trip out there. Oh, come on, Do Oklahoma's it. a good time. It, we get rowdy. Really we get a little rowdy down here. So just put on your cowboy hat and just come on down. Oh, man. Yes. You don't see that around here. I love that. Yeah, yeah you would. Vibe. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Mercedes. We're so grateful. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into another episode. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.